Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of The Package Tourist, hosted by yours truly, The Package Tourist, and the magical mystery tour called life, Matthew DiBiase. Tonight's guest is hockey, hockey author Sean McCaffrey III. Sean was once editor-in-chief of the DOI newsletter and website from 2002 to 2011. During that time period, Sean was the promoter of WSU uh, SU Wrestling from 2007 to 2012, where he worked as a writer, promoter, booker, agent, referee, announcer, commentator, and jack-of-all-trades. In 2014, Sean launched the website doinow.com, which is devoted to sharing thoughts and opinions on all aspects of New York sports. Sean has published seven books, Tricks of the Trade, Volumes 1, 2, 3, and 4, One Game at a Time, the New York Rangers Rink of Honor, and his latest release, the Top 100 Villains of New York Rangers History. Sean, welcome to the show. It's an honor and a privilege to have you here. I'd like to start off by asking you, please tell our listeners about your latest book, The Top 100 Villains of New York Rangers History. Uh, thanks for having me on, Matt, and uh, the hell of an intro. I uh, am. Yeah, so my new book, uh, The Villains Book, is a spot. I was working on uh, the project before the 2023 playoffs began, but as the playoffs ended, I was just sitting there just miserable, furious. I was like, oh, this is going to be another what if in Rangers history, especially when the Florida Panthers went all the way to the Stanley Cup final that year. So to release all my frustrations, to vent everything out, I released the villains book and I try to make it as a funny, uh, a funny way to just look back at the like, Oh man, how could this happen to this team over and over and over again? So uh, I use laughter as the best medicine in that book, and, uh, and that's how I got to the finish line with that. Now, how did you choose your villains? I mean, did you, like, poll Rangers fans, or was it strictly it came solely from you, your villains? Well, if I did it just based on the top of my head, I could have come up with a 1,000 villains on my own, <laughs> and I could, have, I could probably make this a 10,000 volume set because there's so many of them. But uh, I talked to – I pulled – Ranger fans just to get like you know the best ones and then uh I talked to other people I was like Ranger historians like the Stan Fischler I was uh, I was involved with you forward so uh it's mostly from my mind but I asked for a lot of feedback just to get the best ones so you know I didn't really miss any uh there's no major misses you know okay all right Sean in your opinion who is the greatest villain in New York Rangers history for as much as I hate the Dennis Poston chant, the Poston sucks chant, because we're still crying about a guy from 40 years ago. Yep. <laughs> it's got to be Dennis Poston because there's still chance of his name. Yeah, yeah. I mean, who, who do you think is your favorite villain in Rangers history? Favorite villain? Yeah, the one you love to hate the most. Oh, who I love to hate? Yeah. I was going to say Alex Sebastian, but I don't really hate, like, I don't love to hate him because I do actually appreciate him. Uh, that's a really good question. Love to hate. I guess Jack Hughes right now. This is probably has the most current one, but Jack Hughes because I love watching him play. Okay. Now let's talk about your book, New, the New York Rangers Rink of Honor. You Now, in, in that book, you not only discuss players, but also key Rangers who, uh, uh, people who operate off the ice. Can you tell, please, our listeners, some of those unknown figures who are featured in that book? Well, if you're, uh, if you have any kind of knowledge of the team, I'm not sure how unknown these names are. I guess the biggest one to me, because I don't think fans really know too much about him, was the original owner of the team, uh, Tex Rickard. If you look at Tex Rickard's life, 
this guy had a wife that's like Deadwood meets uh, Yellowstone meets Boardwalk Empire. The guy did uh, meets Forrest Gump. He did everything. He, he, he's good friends with Teddy Roosevelt. He's friends with Wyatt Earp. He's on gold mining in Alaska. He's the best boxing promoter of all time. Yeah. It's just the life he led, like gambling and losing casinos. It's just the, the life he led was just so amazing. And uh, it, like, right now, I'm actually working on a screenplay of life. It's just one of the most amazing Wild West lives you'll ever read about. And it's a story that needs to be told like in a more uh, bigger fashion, you know? How about any other figures come to mind uh, other than Tex Rickard? I would say uh, Dave Kirk. I'm not sure how many Ranger fans truly know that he's probably arguably. I was going to say Mike Richter or Henrik Lundqvist is the best goalie of all time, but Kirk's the only one that won the Cup and the Vezina for the team. And uh, just the way his, his career ended was an uh, interesting story. It was all because of $5,000. They didn't want to pay him. And uh, he retired. That's uh, only eight years played, and that was that. But he was one of the greatest goalies they ever had. But it's just, and there's a lot of guys like that who, like, you know, they used the money. The uh, hockey wasn't a full-time job for these guys back then. So you lost a lot of the players back you know, back then. And then you have all the World War II guys who uh, basically had their careers cut short, like an Art like Coulter, the Colville brothers, or Alex Shabicki. So there's a lot of different names that are all covered in that book that, you know, that they will find interesting. Now, in real life, do the New York Rangers have any type of role of honor uh, for the team, anything at all, or no? Nothing. Why? Well, I mean, why don't why don't they honor their players? I mean, uh, can you explain why? From my understand, and like a lot of stuff comes like off the record, but whatever. They don't want to. They don't want to admit their wrongs with a lot of stuff. Not even go to the rank of honor idea, but just the retired numbers. It's a bunch of guys who so they just like, flat out ignore, like Frank Boucher, Bill Cook, Bon Cook. Neil Francis, Brian Hextall, Ching Johnson, and even like Lester Patrick, they both acknowledge them. These guys all, the, all spent their whole lives with the Rangers, and they're all in the Hall of Fame because of the Rangers, but the Rangers won't do it because they don't want to admit that they're wrong, and they, and they rather stay ignorant and just say, hey, we messed up, let's just get, to, get it right. And if you look, the Toronto Maple Leafs in October 2016, I can't the number off the top of my head, but they retired 18, 19 names and numbers at the same time. Just to get they write all their roles in one shot, and I was said, I don't know why the Rangers just never did it. They just they just don't want to make their own wrong. And I think the other thing too, the other thing too is um, it's not profitable for them. Everything with them has to be about money. So I I would love to see Frank Boucher get up there, but uh, how many other people want to see that, and how much money is that going to draw them? I know it's a tragedy. It's I mean, do not honor your past. I mean, in a sense, it's almost like a repudiation of exactly who you are and all that. And in a sense, the people who suffer are the fans, the real fans. Don't you well, feel the, the same? People, the people who suffer it's the, it's the families right now. Yeah. Uh, even during my books, I'm very close to Frank Boucher family. They've been wanted forever, and you know they're never going to see it. So I mean, no one, no one knows who he is. It's, it's, it's insane. What they, you know, I don't get it. You know. Now, Sean, please tell your our listeners about your book, One Game at a Time. What is that all about? Well, I was, I was inspired by um, Rascal Swoman's The Nice Book in 1980. Yeah. It was called The Season in Hell. And it was just an entertaining book to just recap the entire season, what happened day to day. And why I didn't have the access to Swoman did, because he was traveling with the team each game and after that book came out, that nothing like that ever happened again because the way he exposed everything, like I don't think people realized what he was going to be writing because he exposed like sex life, who was doing drugs, who was doing what. 
Jeez. So uh, that's why you never kind of saw that kind of fucking guy, any kind of actors like that. It was also a different time in the 80s than today. Yeah. But uh, so I wanted to do something where I was going to cover a season day by day, which game by game in that. And uh, I go into that season, I had a really good feeling about it. And I guess uh, I should have known better for having <laughs> watched this team for so long. I really thought they were going to go all the way. And I thought by the end, I'd be running by the Stanley Cup. And uh, things out didn't work out that way, but they did fall six one shy. But um, so yeah, I wanted to do like a, just like a uh, what do you call it? Just a just a whole season long log of this of the team, and it was a good season for them. You know, it didn't work out the way you know the ultimate goal was reached, but uh, yeah, just a way to recap a season. You know. Okay. Now you came out with four a four volume set, Tricks of the Trade, where you discuss certain Rangers GMs. Now. This, each of the four volumes, which Rangers DMs do you discuss in that in that four volume series? Which ones do you have to expose? Every GM, all twelve of them. Oh, okay. I thought okay, okay. And in your opinion, who was the greatest Rangers GM of all time? In your opinion, it's got to be Lester Patrick because uh, he was three Stanley Cups under him. You know. Okay. And that's uh, nothing going back to retired numbers. We're talking about that. The Rangers, have, the Rangers have been around for 100 years, right? Almost yep. 100 years, 97 years. Yeah. They've only won four Stanley Cups at that time. And they ignore the guys who won 75 percent of them. And Lester Patch is one of those guys. And again, Boucher is another one. But yeah, but Lester Patch was great. GM because was there the longest and uh, they had the most wins under him, you know? Okay. And your opinion. Think, uh, the, other, the other thing I just like to say is that um, you got to realize the GM, the average changed so fast. You know, like there's no salary cap back then. and yeah. Guys, you, you just pay your way through stuff. So each era is, you know, unique to its own. So it's just something to just remember. Okay. In your opinion, who was the worst Rangers GM in your in your opinion? Oh, John Ferguson. Okay. Why? Uh, it was the worst trade of all time, you know, to him. And uh, the biggest what if question happened under him in Ranger history. Okay. Uh, the big fun of question is uh, the 1977 NHL entry draft. The Rangers have the 8th or 13th pick. They take Lucien de Bois, they take Ron Gay. Who do they pass over? Who goes a couple picks later to the Islanders? Mike Bossy. Uh. What happens? Yeah, I think you know. Mike Bossy goes on with fourth and a couple the Islanders, and they beat the Rangers in every single playoff series in those four. Jeez. Yeah, I mean, not only the Rangers passed over Bossy, the Canadians passed over him too. You know, they 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 chose someone else, so it wasn't just the Rangers alone. And oh, you're... No, 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 but it was the Rangers and Leafs who passed over him twice. Jeez, jeez, <laughs> it's kind of like Bobby Clark. He got passed over, you know, a couple of times by some teams. You know, when he was drafted in '70 and all that. Yeah. Okay. In your opinion, but... what was the greatest Rangers trade of all time? It's a no-brainer. Uh, Mark Messi and Jeff Bookerboom go to the Rangers in, uh, what was it, October 91. Yeah. And they always up is Louis DeBrus, Brady Nichols, and Steve Rice. And you got Jeff Bookerboom. He's sec- uh, top 10 defense with Brian Leach. And Messi is Messi. And I don't think I have to explain his resume. That's right. You got it. Sean, were you were you born and raised as a New York Rangers fan? Oh, yeah, 1,000%. Um my grandfather used to run the Madison Square Garden box office, like a ticket mm. office. Wow. And the father worked there. And my family was never a big basketball. We never actually, we never really actually watched it. 
football was kind of there, baseball, you know, Yankees, and then uh, there's always hockey. And hockey was always number one. It was just always it pictures me as a kid. The, every year you see me in the Ranger jersey, wear my dad's old Ranger jersey, Ranger stuff. It was always the Rangers. Sean, looking back over your life, what was what do you consider your greatest moment as a Rangers fan? Your most ecstatic and happiest moment when rooting for the Rangers? Oh, it's got to be 1994, obviously, you know. Um, I still remember everything from that. My grandfather's season tickets. I remember we are at home. My birthday's June 13th. They wanted June 14th. Uh. So uh, I remember this back with no cell phones, no pages, and nothing like that. So I remember we had uh, we stayed up late, and we waited for my grandfather to call our house because he was at the games. You just remember, this, you know, little stuff like the family, personal stuff. But it's got to be 94. He's finally seen the same wins, you know. Now, did were you did you uh, watch go, uh, take the day off and go to the parade? You know, when they had one, did, were you there for the parade? Nah, I was too young to like, go on my own, like something like that. But uh, uh, I, I watched it on TV because it was on the MSG network. But I, I didn't go. I didn't go to it. You know, about that Mike Keenan team. What What are your views of Mike Keenan? What How What are you as as a historian and all that? How do you perceive Mike Keenan in the Rangers pantheon? He's <laughs> a the Rangers have a lot of what-if questions. 99% of them are negative. He's the 1%. All those trades he made, if they don't work out, you know, especially Gardner for Glenn Anderson, that would be vilified. And uh, Neil Smith doesn't last since 2000 either. But everything worked out, and, you know, got him his due. But as, as most people tell you, he kind of quit on the team there, and uh, Messi kind of is the one who led him all the way there, you know? Yeah. And scratching Brian, Brian Leach and benching him and – you know, and, and then, you know, he's working, he's trying to get the job in Detroit, he's trying to get the job, you know, wind up with uh, St. Louis, but, yeah, I mean, a lot of what if, and it just it worked out, so now he's viewed as a hero, because, you know, you win, especially when you don't get one uh, fourth in the Cups in 97 years, yeah, you're going to be uh, treated as a hero. Sean, in your opinion, who do you think was the unsung hero of that 94 Rangers Stanley Cup winning team, in your opinion? Oh, Sergei Zuboff. Okay, why him? Why? At most points, you know, uh, he's one of the four Russians to, to uh, first win the Stanley Cup. And, you know, I was talking about the core four, Messier, Graves, Leach, and um, Richter. And Zuboff is, you know, he's the one scoring all the points. And look what the career he wanted to go after they traded him away. Okay, we talked about your happiest and greatest moment. What is your saddest moment as a Rangers fan? I guess... Uh, I would like to say 2014 Stanley Cup Final, but that team to me was a Cinderella team. They overachieved. It's just the fact they lost the Stanley Cup on my birthday with 50 of my friends at a bar was kind of... Uh. <laughs> but uh, I think the worst one was got to be the 2015 loss to Tampa because like, fall 14 was a Cinderella year. 2015 year was the year they should have won the whole thing. And they had a President's Trophy that year and they steamrolled and then you know, Tampa, they just, you know, they got shot at home twice at the end there and one was going to touchdowns left and right in the earlier games. Like just, they should have won that series, and I think if they won that, they beat the Blackhawks. And uh, that's the one. That's the one. Sean, whenever I interview an author, I always love to ask the standard question: When you were growing up, who were your favorite authors? And of those favorite authors, did any of them light the spark inside of you to become a writer, or perhaps influence your personal writing style? I guess growing up, the first one was Dr. Seuss, right? Okay. <laughs> um, I guess growing up, you know, getting older, I guess any Stan Fischler book, I was always buying those at the book fairs you know, that we used to have in school. And 
I always like the hockey story, so Sam Fisher definitely. And I guess they're getting older, I guess Hunter S. Thompson, just because he'd push the limit and, you know, he'd write about anything. And he, the way his style was, you know, all over the place and not afraid to talk about real life stuff all the time. Like, I guess <laughs> it's him. What's your favorite Hunter S. Thompson book? I'll tell you mine, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. How about you? Yeah, I mean, it's got to be that one, right? That, that, was, that was the first big one that I read, and you know, that's the one that got also made two movies out of that one, right? That's right, yeah. I mean, that intro was such a classic intro. <laughs> I love it so much. I know that's like the stock of Shea answer, but like, how do you go against it, you know? I know. Have you met Stan Fischler in the flesh? I mean, and talked to him personally. Oh, yeah, a bunch of times. I mean, I've, 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 on all, I've talked to some various hockey people. I mean, a mutual, our mutual friend, George Grimm, who told me to say hi to you because we talked earlier this evening. He, he sent you his warmest regards. You know, he talked about Stan Fisher. I think one of the great mysteries, why isn't Stan in the Hockey Hall of Fame as a writer? I mean, that's a great mystery. In my opinion, is, uh, I think he's not Canadian. I think if he was born in Toronto, he'd be in by now. I know, I know. Sean, please tell our listeners, where can readers find your books? Uh, you can find all of my books uh, on Amazon.com. Just type my name in, Sean McCaffrey, and I'll pop up. Or uh, you can visit my website, bluecollarblueshirts.com, and there's links there to, to get to buy uh, signed copies if you want them. Are your books available in stores, or do you have to get it online? No, online only because uh, I was going to go, I actually speak by George, and he's a great friend, and I got to have a shot him out here too, but uh, talking to him about this, there's not that really brick and mortar stores out there anymore. So uh, yeah. go uh, standard, you know, publisher and give up your money like that. It just wasn't worth it. So just I, I read somewhere that 95 percent of all books are sold on Amazon. So I went I went that route. Okay, are they conventionally published or are they self-published? No, right now they're all self-published because like I said I had publisher offers, but. The finance just didn't make any sense to me. So uh, you make more money to going through the Amazon. So uh, that's the way I went. Yeah, I mean, I do the same thing too, Sean. I mean, my last uh, three books were self-published too. I, it's it's such a, it's you control your own content, your pricing. You know why bother? You know why argue? Right. Right. Like I said, you don't have no control. And yeah, it's you know, like I said, the, the, the financial cuts better too. Sean, the 2023-24 season has just begun. What are your feelings about the Rangers right now? I mean, how do you feel? Well, as we talk right now, it's October 31st, Halloween. The Rangers just created history. They won their uh, – they swept their first ever five-game road trip. And then uh, three of the teams were the Western Canada teams, the Edmonton, uh, Calgary, Vancouver. First time ever they ever swept a five-game road trip. So <laughs> I know it sounds bad, but going into the season before this happens, I didn't really have much hope for them. I thought they'd be a team that, like, gets a wild card spot and then bounces out in the first or second round. Now, who knows? But I still want to get my hope stuff. I have to see what happened last year because for as hot as some of these guys are right now, including our Tommy Panarin, I'm reminded they didn't really do much the last couple playoff runs. Like the big stars haven't really done much. And that's what I'm nervous about. So I got to see how this team looks in the playoffs. But... Like I said, I thought they were they were teetering for a playoff spot. Now they look like they're gonna definitely get one of the top three seeds, but uh, only the ten percent mark right now. But I think the good thing is to have low expectations; they can't disappoint us. <laughs> what do you think is their greatest strength right now? Is it their defense, goaltending, or is it their offense? What is your sense of it? Uh, it's a team defense right now, but 
think it's got to be the goal the goalie too. You know, he goes to Shesterkin, but uh, yeah, the team right now is a team defense. You know, that's not giving up too many goals. Okay, Sean, uh, any idea what your next book will be? Uh, what will it be about, and when can we expect its release? You ever see that Michael Keaton movie Multiplicity? Ooh, okay, yeah. What about it? That's how I feel because. I wish it could be like 10 more. <laughs> I'm trying to balance like six projects at once right now. <laughs> it just like can't get everything done. Sometimes you actually just try to focus on one, but I'm trying. I got so many things I'm saying. Like I said, I was trying to do the text record screenplay. Right now, the book I put the most time into is a book on uh, Fiery Phil Watson, 1940 Stanley Cup champion and a uh, former coach of the team. Yeah. has his family helping me with the book. Another project I'm working on is uh, a Rangers fight book. And I had an idea, but it's going to be tough. Right? You probably understand. It's going to be a book that covers every fight in Rangers history. But as a, as a unique thing, I want to put a QR code. So as you're reading along, you can scan. It will take you to a clip of the fight. Ooh. But the problem is I don't have, you know, the foot, the, the right to those, that footage, you know. Ouch. So any YouTube link I go to, it could come down in two seconds. So yeah. it was something I'm working, you know, got to figure out how to get that done. Maybe I talk to those, um, that hockey fight website. Um, another book I was wor- uh, working on, I have with the outline done, is uh, it's called D-Day. It's going to be a you know, recap of every draft, who they drafted, who they could have drafted, what happened after, all the what-if questions. So, uh, yeah, a bunch of different projects all at once. Have you ever thought about, okay, you talked about what-ifs. I mean, you t- mentioned earlier that, that, that Fergie, how about a book of Ranger what-ifs? I mean, the Rangers could have had Gordy. You know, you talk about the John the blowing of Mike Bossy there. I mean... Have you explored that idea? You know, uh, just the greatest what ifs in Rangers history. Have you explored that thought? I kind of did it in the villains book. It's kind of a lot of that. A lot of what ifs are in the villains book. Mm-hmm. And then um, even the tricks, the trades, like not as much, but hey, this what could could have happened. What you know, what the GM missed out on? Yeah. But in the villains book, a lot of the what ifs. So to do a what if, but just be kind of a recycled material. So yeah, I want to do a book like that. Well, Sean, when your next thing, when your books book come out, let me know, okay? I want you on my show again, okay? So I can help you promote it, all right? Sounds good. I appreciate you having me say to push my stuff. Uh, it's always good to talk to a fellow hockey fan. Uh, Sean, it's an honor and privilege to have you here. And, hey, go Rangers. That's it. LGR. Okay. God bless and keep you always. All right. Be well. Okay. Bye-bye. Stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen, for next week's show, where I will be interviewing sports author Marshall Patrick Garvey. Thank you, and good night.